You are listening to Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak. This program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. It's all about sustainable living and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. If you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email to contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak.org. You may recall that that, uh, throughout this pandemic, I have been uh, bringing you off and on people from our community to talk about uh, what they are doing to support our community during the pandemic. And there are many, many organizations who have stepped forward to do that. Um, And one of the organizations that's doing a lot of that work in our community is the Mendocino Community Foundation. And here to talk about uh, what the Community Foundation is doing um, is, uh, my guest is going to be uh, is going to be Megan Barbara Allende, and we're going to talk about the Community Foundation to start things off, but then we are going to be uh, joined by uh, some uh, organizations that the Community Foundation works with and supports, uh, and we're going to learn how this how, how this support has translated into... We're director of of the Anderson Valley Health Center, and she's going to be talking about the ways individual assistance funding from the Community Foundation has supported the Anderson Valley community. Uh, And then we are going to be at about 9.30 or so, we are going to be joined by Laurel Neer and Ignacio Ayala from space, and they're going to be talking about uh, nonprofit uh, relief uh, for for uh, and why it's important for the county, how the imp- uh, pandemic is impacting nonprofit, and how the funding that the community organization has provided uh, has enabled nonprofits to keep not only to keep going but also to su- to support um, their you know their constituents during the pandemic. So first of all, let me welcome Megan. Barbara Allende, who is the Executive Director of the Mendocino Community Foundation. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Megan. Thank you for having me, Johanna. It's always a pleasure. And welcome, everybody. Uh, it's been quite a year. <laughs> it's just extraordinary. I, I did Are you on with... mute because I'm not hearing you? Hmm. I'm hearing you. Okay. Well, okay. I, hope, I, I hope our audience is hearing you because I'm not hearing you for some reason. Okay. Uh, Chloe says people can hear me, so I'm going to keep going. Um, so as I was um, mentioning, um, I did speak with Johanna a, a while ago, and it's very hard to remember when it was because the last year's been a bit of a time warp. Um, but in that time frame, um, the Community Foundation did respond to the COVID pandemic, and we um, we're joined by some of our community partners um, at the Savings Bank of Mendocino County and Sonoma Clean Power were the people that kind of motivated us to start um, the fundraising effort on behalf of the community. They said, are you going to have a fund? And I went, well, if you guys are willing to help, I will. And then we went to it. And, um, you know, at this point, you know, we've raised and leveraged some of our own funding um, from various different sources at about $2.8 million um, has been raised and leveraged for the community in response to the pandemic in the past year. So first, I just want to make that acknowledgement, thank all of our 
community members who gave. I mean, people have been incredibly generous, especially in response to their stimulus checks. Those that didn't need them really cared about their neighbors and, and sent it to us and said, put it where it's needed. And so um, to me, it's been an incredible example of community. And I just want to start there and acknowledge all of us um, for that effort. Um, and in that, also acknowledge all those that have had a really hard, hard year. Um, there is no question about it that for some people, it's been an extraordinarily difficult year. And the Community Foundation, what we do is essentially we raise funds and then we put them in the community where they're most needed. And we work with our community partners. Um, and to date, we've worked with 150 nonprofit organizations in some fashion, supporting them and their operations and are helping them feed people and care for people. Um, so we can't do our work without them. So I want to also put that moment of gratitude out there for the nonprofits who've stuck with it. What a year. What a year. Very, very challenging. Um, many of them normally rely on non um, fundraisers that they couldn't have. Um, your staff worked harder in some cases than ever. Those that fed people were doing heroic efforts. There's just no two ways about it. So, um, you know, I'm always honored to be a part of this community, but I think in this particular year, I really felt the, the very special qualities of the Mendocino County community um, and the way that we show up for each other and what we do for each other. So, um, you know, that's just kind of a really big picture of what the Community Foundation um, has done. We took an approach where we looked at three parts of um, the community. So first there was um, individual assistance, which was feeding people, helping people with um, basic necessities, rent, uh, some groceries. Uh, you know, it went to all, you'd be amazed. We paid internet bills. Um, <laughs> it really went wherever people most needed it. Um, that was one section. So it's kind of hunger and individual assistance. That's the first part of the program. We're going to talk about that. We also did an effort to support small business, and we did quite a bit with that. Um, so uh, we focused on um, that really early in the tenure. We ended up um, doing two rounds to help small businesses. And that uh, was, um, in the end, about $230,000 went out and helped, uh, I think, in the total 78 uh, small businesses. So we aren't focusing on that today, but I do want to mention that, that that was an early effort that we did with West Business Development Center. They leveraged that money and ended up getting using CARES funding from the County of Mendocino, and we're able to also add another about 170 to that. So we put about $400,000 out in the community support small business in um, late summer, early fall. And then the third area was supporting nonprofits. Uh, that's ended up being our sort of biggest effort all year. Um, we've been working on different projects to support nonprofits. We've done four rounds of, of grants that basically ended up helping keeping them in business and, and supporting them best we could. So that is sort of, it was a three-pronged program. We're going to start the show really focusing in on the individual assistance. I'm so grateful to have my colleague Chloe with us. Um, she is extraordinary. And I'm very, very grateful because we have donors who care about Anderson Valley. That's where they live. That's sometimes it's their second home, but sometimes it's their first. But they deeply care about that region. And they gave us money and said specifically, we want to help the people in Anderson Valley. So then what the Community Foundation has to do is figure out who 
is supporting um, folks in the region. So that's how we ended up partnering up with Chloe and the Anderson Valley um, so that uh, she could help us with our effort to support um, individuals in the community. North Coast Opportunities was also a partner and they did help as well, but we found that our partnership with um, Anderson Valley Health Center was even more helpful because they just really know the folks in the community. So she's gonna um, talk a little bit about um, the you know, work we've done just there, but this work was all throughout the county. Um, to date, we've helped about a thousand households, um, many of whom I think we think roughly 60% were Latinx and many ineligible for stimulus funds. So that um, is kind of the overview. Um, some stories before we get into Chloe um, is, uh, you know, some of the work that's in other parts of the county. So for instance, um, our partner with um, the Coast Children's Fund has made sure there were um, diapers provided to 300 families every month, because for some people that's been a really big need. Um, we helped, you know, so folks on the South Coast, I mean, some of these stories are really hard for me to share, but, um, you know, a mother received gas and lodging assistance to stay in a hotel um, while her five-year-old received treatment for cancer in the Bay Area. Um, I think the normal person who would have driven and supported the family was unable to because of the child's vulnerability. So they needed these extra supports and resources. And we were so grateful to our, our colleagues at Mendonoma um, Health Alliance, who's our partner on the South Coast, who facilitated that for that family. Um, you know, it's just it's just extraordinary when you hear the, the nuts and bolts of sort of, as I said, how some people have really, really struggled this year. So. Um, I'm going to um, kind of connect with Chloe now um, and hear what Chloe has to say about <laughs> some of the families in her community. Thank you so much, Megan and Johanna. It's really a pleasure to be on the show today. I admire uh, many of the guests that you have are so esteemed. So uh, thank you for having us on to talk about our COVID response. Um, so as, as Megan said, I'm the executive director of Anderson Valley Health Center in Boonville. And we were fortunate enough to receive two um, individual grants in the amount of $5,000 from the Community Foundation of Mendocino County. Um, and um, those grants were intended to financially support people who had really experienced setbacks during the coronavirus outbreak. Um, and it's been a really humbling and amazing experience for us to be able to offer assistance in that way. We, um, you know, it's a little bit of a breakout from our normal line of business, which this year has been so much of, um, you know, um, kind of reframing our business model in one day, going from in-person to telehealth and then um, figuring out how to offer COVID uh, testing and um, vaccinations in the community as quickly as possible. And we've been really successful there, but it has been such an honor to be able to offer um, this money from the community foundation to our community members who are really struggling. Um, and I just mentioned that we do have an angel fund at the health center, which normally goes to support patients who um, can't financially pay for their medical bills. So people who need transportation or, you know, stay for families in, in the hospital. Um, and we've used some of that money as well to augment the grants that we got from the community foundation. So um, I'll just go on to talk about kind of, I, um, we'll give a few details on what the patients, you know, 
what they've been experiencing and why we felt the need to help them. We've helped um, 10 families so far, and we've granted approximately $10,000, a little over $10,000. And that was as of the end of uh, April. So we're still collecting names and people who need financial assistance. And we've helped out of those 10 families, seven families were Latinx. Um, We had four individuals that derived some or most of their income from seasonal farm work. Um, And then we had two people who were either unhoused or living in substandard housing that we were able to provide assistance for. Um, I will just say that, you know, everybody's struggled this year and some people really are behind financially and you know one of the reasons it was important for the health center to support this cause is because we know that financial stress is um, one of those indicators that really affects health outcomes and so um, you know just meeting with these families has been so humbling everybody has been really um, kind of so grateful expressed a ton of gratitude just to be able to get back on their feet um, we have some people who have just needed support um, buying gas or or groceries. Um, all, and then we've had other people who are behind on their rent and their PG&E bills, you know, several months. And so um, we have given these grants with the intention of people just being able to, to get back on their feet. Um, and I want to just make a couple of points about some of the people we've helped. We've helped a lot of mothers, you know, mothers whose children are outgrowing their clothing and just need, you know, a few extra hundred dollars to to buy some new clothing for the school year. Um, We've helped people with car repairs who, you know, that's their main mode to get all around this grand county. Um, And they just needed that those car repairs to be able to stand on their own two feet. Um, We had one patient whose husband was incredibly ill with COVID and So most of these patients have lost income due to the coronavirus pandemic one way or another, whether it's been um, themselves being ill or um, or just a loss of income and not not necessarily a full loss of income. But in some in many cases, people are just seeing, especially seasonal farm workers, just a reduction in the number of hours that they can work during the pandemic. So um, and with rents being as high as they are in um, in Mendocino County, we have helped several people with rental assistance. So I think those are kind of the main points. Um, can, can you guys points hear me? Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Huh? Now we can. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I, I was I wasn't sure I wasn't sure if if I was actually coming across. I, I hadn't said anything because you were doing such a wonderful job sharing such. <laughs> such powerful information and so i didn't even want to interrupt this wonderful flow of of information uh, but uh, i just want to let you know that i am here and uh, that um and and thank you thank you for for sharing all this information chloe i didn't want to interrupt you i just wanted to check in and make sure that we're all hearing each other yes thank you johanna we're here and um and i i mean i think that, that i've shared the majority of the information i've said i'll just you know give a plug for vaccinations they we they've come um 16 year older and up have become eligible and um in anderson valley we are giving vaccinations every thursday and you can call our health center at 895-3477 
um, for vaccinations, and we're still also testing people for COVID. So um, anybody who's symptomatic can come to our health center and, and be tested or, or get assistance. Um, if people are interested in our financial assistance, they can call the same phone number. And uh, Leah Collins is our wonderful program coordinator. She's been meeting with all these families and determining eligibility. Um, and I, I guess I'll just mention the way we've we've really tried to simplify eligibility. Um, people who are behind in rent, utilities, or needing food, food assistance, or gas, or transportation assistance. And anybody who has those four basic needs, we've been able to support. Well, that is Chloe. And I, I do want to say, too, thank you for mentioning about the vaccines, because you guys uh, have done just an as you said, I mean, just the learning curve of the last year has been extraordinary. And I really admired uh, how well you, as the network of, of community health clinics, have come together, figured it out, become frontline vaccinators. You did a really, I heard yours was a drive-through one. Not everyone chose mm -hmm. that method, but I heard about that and heard it was super efficient, well done. And um, just really want to thank you for your leadership. Um, I, I just don't think we would be where we are right now if it weren't for you and all your colleagues. And um, I just personally wanted to thank you for that. Um, uh, we are so Feeling blessed. Your tool. Yeah, <laughs> we are just We're so really blessed. to have the network of nonprofits that we have in Mendocino yeah. County. I think um, it is difficult to get services out to the far reaches of our county. And um, those of us who are leaders of our organizations, that's our personal part. So. This is actually something. This is actually something that I wanted. I wanted to a point that I wanted to engage on. Um, let me just first say you are listening to Wild Oak Living here on Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, KZYX and Z. Uh, this is Johanna Wild Oak. I bring you this program every other Thursday from nine to ten a.m. My guests today uh, are Megan Barbara Allende, who is the executive director of the Mendocino County Community Foundation, and we are talking about the work that the Community Foundation is doing to support our community and to support the many individuals, businesses, and nonprofits in our community in Mendocino County during this pandemic. And we've been hearing from Chloe Guazano, who is the executive director of the Anderson Valley Health Center, about uh, how they have been working with the support from the Community Foundation to provide outreach and help to individuals in the community during this pandemic. And, you know, you just, Chloe, you just mentioned something really important, and that is the geographic um, distribution of, of, our, of our county, 35 Hundred square miles. It, um, I, I, I'm, I'm fond of saying it takes an hour to get anywhere in our county, um, and so this is um, Megan. This is, I think, an important point: is that by collaborating with organizations that are local and that know their local community, I think you have been able to to increase your reach and to increase the effectiveness of your support. It sounds like. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I first to say there's no way the Community Foundation can make the impact it does without our community partners. I mean, it's just they are so critical to how we do our work. Um, and I know that uh, Chloe was here to talk a little bit about individual assistance, and, and I appreciated her giving that number. I wanted to make sure I gave the number for North Coast Opportunities. They are helping countywide. Um, we have, you know, kind of colleagues in each region um, as one um, point of contact, but also North Coast Opportunities. Their number is 621-8817. Again, 
8817 and they can help anybody who needs um, rental assistance, utilities, you know, that kind of support. The same things that Chloe sort of outlined. Um, so if you're not in Anderson Valley, you know, that's who you would uh, call. So I just wanted to make sure we said that. And, and then before we go to our friends at Space, I see they're with us and we'll be talking to them really soon. I wanted to talk a little bit about hunger relief. Um, Actually, to date, that's the area we've uh, put our, the most of our resources, uh, and it's it's actually over eight hundred thousand dollars. And part of that is because of a partnership we have with the County of Mendocino and FEMA, and um, we were able to get dollars through those programs to help our senior centers and also those feeding the medically vulnerable. Um, Caring Kitchen through North Coast Opportunities has a program that's specifically for those um, working through a cancer diagnosis, but they expanded it to other types of vulnerabilities. And so we supported them, for instance. Um, that's been a really robust part of our hunger relief program. And I, again, just wanna make sure folks understand that those dollars actually started with the federal government and made their way to Mendocino County through the community foundation. Um, but, and then on top of that, we've also supported all of our food banks, food pantries, um, and you know, really made an uh, impact. So we've, we're feeding people through the Anderson Valley Senior Center and the Anderson Valley Food Bank and the Ukiah Food Bank and the Fort Bragg Food Bank and the Mendocino Food Pantry and the uh, coastal uh, seniors on the South Coast that somehow does it all. They do the food pantry, they do Meals on Wheels and they um, feed seniors in congregate dining. So you know, that's been a huge network. And again, I'm grateful that we had working relationships with all those nonprofits. And when we said we need to feed people, we were able within a week or so of really the very beginning of this um, experience last March to get something like $70,000, $80,000 out to these partners and they could just start responding to need. Um, you know, our plan is at this point, the FEMA dollars will cl conclude in June. Um, we are going to try to keep some of that um, support for our seniors through the summer, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, but our, our plan is to at least try to feed folks um, at the same rate uh, through till September. Um, and, you know, Johanna asked about fundraising events. We don't do fundraising events. That's not our business model. But, um, you know, folks that are in a position where they can give to their neighbors, I do want you to know that our ideal would be to feed people through December at the same rate. I feel like it's going to be a slow recovery. It's not like we're going to turn on a dime one day and all live our lives the way we used to. It, as humans, we just don't transition that fast. So we're all going to take a little while to try to go back to our lives and figure out what feels right. And so I don't think folks are going to feel really comfortable running around and being out and about right away. So um, I think the longer we can have those supports in place for our community members, um, the better. So that's our intention. Um, you know, we're hopeful. We do know we feel pretty secure with the money we have left um, in the neighborhood of about 600,000 will cover food relief through till September. Um, and again, I just have to acknowledge um, our colleagues and and some of their hard work and and just the things they shared back with us um just how hard it has been for families and um and how much that extra thing of food uh, up in Laytonville, you know they took up feeding their seniors they didn't used to but now they they did it was infrequent maybe and now it's like a regular weekly thing and um you know i just have seen everybody just uh, rising to the 
the challenge. And, and again, just with so much um, admiration. And whenever we pull together our friends and talk to them, it's the first thing I say to them. I think I got the easy job, you know. Some people will say raising money's hard. I would tell you that's the easy job in something like this. I think seeing folks every day and experiencing the desperation in them is really hard. Chloe, do you want to add something? Yeah, I just want to add that, um, you know, every time we have handed over one of these grants to families, there have been tears, immense gratitude and relief, you know, and I just want to say that because this is been such a stressful year and it's been such a huge stressor on a family we've had families who are paying utilities for multiple housing units that are on their property who you know are just responsible that's why i brought up mothers earlier they're responsible for many many other people and so providing relief in this format um, it has been just it's been so gratifying Chloe uh, Guazano from the Anderson Valley Health Center, do you want to just reiterate your contact information for anybody who might want to contact you about getting help? Sure. So our phone number is 707-895-3477. And we have a website, which is www.avhc.org. And we have a Facebook page as well. And we can be reached um, all through all three ways. <laughs> so feel free to contact us. Chloe Guazano from Executive Director of the Anderson Valley Health Center. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting your community and for everything that you're doing and all the best going forward. Thank you. It was a Thank pleasure. Thank you, Chloe. Good to see you and talk to you. <laughs> you, are, you are listening to Wild Oak Living here on KZYX and Z. And today we are talking about community support for our community, for our county during the pandemic. Uh, my guest, is uh, Megan Barbara Allende, who is the executive director of the Mendocino Community Foundation, which is a countywide organization that, that, and as you've just heard, it works with a network of many organizations and individuals in our county to support our community. And they are, of course, as Megan mentioned, supported by our community. Uh, and uh, if if this uh, if this uh, program has inspired you to support the Community Foundation, what do you think people should do, Megan? Well, there's, there are many ways to give. Um, folks can go to our website, www.communityfound, like F-O-U-N-D dot org. Um, and you can see our COVID-19 relief fund um, advertised there. There's also the nonprofit relief fund. There are two different ones, and you'll hear a little more about the nonprofit side uh, shortly. Um, also, folks can, you know, send a check to our office, 204 South Oak Street in Ukiah, California, 95482. So that's another way. And honestly, every little bit counts. I, I think that's an important thing. You don't have to give big. To make a difference and that's why you know i think the part of me that enjoys disaster response work it is intense but the thing i love most about it is that we collectively make a difference we all everybody giving what they can into that one fund then we bring all that together we use our knowledge of the community and put it to work and and i think we make i personally believe we all make a bigger difference giving that way than maybe only you know figuring out our own thing but those that know how to do it there are people that know exactly where money needs to go and we will say give 
to those organizations. We would not, you know, if you want to give your local food bank, give to your local food bank. We just make a difference when we bring, you know, all the, the folks that don't have that clarity together and 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 use the resources collectively. So we everybody needs to do as much as they can this year. It was a year for giving big. That's, I think, and the foundation gave big too. I mean, we took uh, more money out of our, our endowed funds um, so that we could give more to the community. And, that, and that's what we did for the nonprofit portion. Um, we always have given to the nonprofit sector. That is what I, our, our main business is. Uh, not individuals and businesses, that's, that's new. That's work that we did relating to the pandemic. But we always are supporting the nonprofit sector um, through our various grant programs. And this year, we kind of shifted things around a bit and we designed this nonprofit relief fund um, with our own dollars and donated dollars and grant funding. Um, we've been able to provide these, what we ended up calling sort of, they were basically operational support grants. Um, and it was to keep, keep, keep the lights on, keep things going, keep people motivated. Um, because the bottom line is we need these nonprofits. We need them to provide um, critical services now and into the future. Um, we need our arts organizations that haven't been able to provide uh, performances and the things they normally do um, because they've been shuttered. Um, we need our environmental organizations. We need all of them. And we wanted to make sure they were here for us on the other side of the pandemic. And so that's how this program kind of got Thought, you know, visualized. Um, we've also done things as small as giving people Zoom grants because everyone had to suddenly do business over Zoom. So um, that was an, a piece of technical assistance we did. We also did an Executive Director Leadership Institute, provided um, educational experiences once a month and networking experiences visual, you know, virtually, but to help folks have a chance to um, work on some of the skills that you had to you know, employ this year. Um, we did community conversations by sector so that we brought all of our food relief folks together. We brought our arts organizations together and, and it really made you know, time to hear about where they were at, what they were needing. So um, it ended up being a, a big project that was beyond just dollars. It was also you know, some valuable programming. And um, I, Again, I just can't thank everybody enough for hanging in there, keeping going, and those that had to really work hard. Um, I'm really thrilled that Space is with us today because, um, you know, I think the thing that I love most about the artists is that they tend to be able to think outside of the box. <laughs> and, and, and Space figured out how to make dance classes available outside in the middle of the winter with rain, you know, which I really <laughs> admired. I thought... <laughs> And they had to do some very creative work around pods. I mean, it was not easy. And they are an example of folks that I think uh, really, yeah, heroic efforts, guys, and very, very proud of what your results were and that you kept kids dancing, you kept kids in contact with each other. And, um, you know, I think that the impact of this year has been really, really hard, but I do believe when it's been really hard on our kids. And I want to just show a gratitude um, for that because you kept some kids connected and and i know um probably changed their lives as a result so so thank you thank you for this wonderful introduction megan uh, uh, this is Johanna wild oak and you're listening to wild oak living and and now we're going to be joined by laurel near and ignacio ayala from space 
and and uh, I will let them talk about base and what it is and and how the support from the community foundation helped us. But before we do that, I just want to reiterate and and make this point clearly because I know we've been sort of weaving it into the conversation. But the, the one of the big reasons this support from the community foundation and from other sources of funding for our local nonprofits is so important is because you know it kind of goes without saying all the things that uh, many of the things that nonprofits have been doing over the years to raise funds have to do with events and events sort of almost went away in the last year and so that meant a lot of the sources of funding for nonprofits uh, has 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 gone away or has gotten tenuous or has has been reduced and that's why I think the work that the community foundation and other organizations are doing to support local nonprofits is so important I just want to you know just state that clearly so that we all understand that that's why one of the reasons it's so important but well welcome Laurel and Ignacio to wildlife living talk to us about how how space is doing oh thank you so much for having us. Uh, Johanna, this is great. And I, I just want to start off with saying that the Community Foundation itself is sort of like this beacon of light and information that we all, all our nonprofits, I know I do, tap into actually to find out about other nonprofits. I have learned so much about this county because of Community Foundation knowing me funding i mean i study all that and and what those community organizations are doing i wouldn't know all of that without the community foundation and i just want to say how accessible megan is i mean i call her she answered we we play you know leave messages rose is amazing amy everybody is just like right there for and we're just one organization when when megan you said that you fund 150 org, orgs i'm like i believe it um so thank you thank you thank you um, Ignacio and I are going to go back and forth. I'm Space's executive director, and Ignacio is now the deputy director of Space, and <laughs> we're so excited. And we sort of work shoulder to shoulder, like talking across the offices here. We are a masked uh, campus. I'm not masked right now because I'm in locked in my office. Um, same with Ignacio, but anyone who comes on campus wear masks, and we'll tell you about why all that happened, so that we could actually stay alive and function. That has really helped. I just want to go first to um, what happened in March, and this will show you sort of how um, the pandemic affected our funding and our uh, ability to even stay open. Um, our funding and comes Laurel, from individuals, Laurel, Laurel, businesses, you know, you, foundations, Laurel. and to intuition. Um, and so on March, I think it was 13th or 16th, everything stopped. The COVID hit. Our, we had over 400 kids ready to go into six or seven shows on stage. Um, really 400 kids rehearsing costumes, all of that happening. And then we closed and we, it was just so shocking. And it was so shocking for the families and the children and the grandparents. Um, and the isolation started. And as we know, that isolation is not how children function. That, um, so this, so we had to think really fast. And when you said artists think out of the box, sometimes here at Space, there is no box. So <laughs> we're like, because it's called space. I mean, it's just like, what, what is our part? What are we going to do? And the Community Foundation stepped in and really was significant, not only with sort of intangible energy and good you know, let's, yes, you can do this, but actually funding. And Ignacio is going to talk about that in a few minutes. Um, but we did have loss of tuition. We had loss of ticket sales. We had loss of underwriting. 
for shows. Um, half of our income is comes from earned income. So that all shut down. However, we kept paying our teachers for the spring because they counted on the money. We gave people COVID credit so that, that if, if and when we could open into 2020 that they, you know, they could um, take classes again. Um, we had eventually had to lay off one full-time person. We reduced another person to many few hours. Um, but starting around August, we said, we can do this. We can figure this out. Um, the kids need it. The families need it. Parents are really, really struggling. And so we started outdoor classes with masks um, and social distancing and 12 kids in a pod, two teachers, um, you know, a, a route that they would take to come in and out. The teachers, assistants, and teenage interns were amazing. And when you're talking about the community coming together, everybody followed all the protocols. Everyone was getting their temperature taken. And we, we served 100 kids every four weeks, um, some of them returning, but we, we had so many new kids, partly, um, and eventually, I think it happened in November, Ukiah Unified started funding kids to come to space and also, I think, City of Ukiah and perhaps some other places um, so that they could connect with other kids. So the, all these new kids came to space. It was incredible. So kids who'd never been able to come to space, never had access, couldn't afford it, didn't think they didn't know about our scholarship program, um, got to come to space. And Ignacio and I are out in the, you know, outside in the parking lots, listening to parents. And, you know, it would just would make us teary eyed about the appreciation. One, one mom said her six-year-old hadn't been around kids for like eight months, hadn't been connected to any other children. Another uh, mom uh, said that her daughter was had been in therapy because of the isolation, but when she finally came to space, everything lifted. Not that not that performing arts can lift everything, but it was a huge transformation for her. Um, I just wanted to tell you a little more about the um, financially. Uh, I think I covered. Yeah. So not only arts organizations um, in, in our town, but I'm connected with statewide and, and other national. And so many people had to close. And again, community foundation and other foundations um, and, and the support from the state relief funds really helped us not just close and become hopeless. So I'm gonna turn it over to Ignacio and he's gonna, I think you're gonna talk about um, exactly what the funding from community foundation did for us. Yes. So community, th thank you, Laurel. Um, community Foundation has always really supported the space program. And they have done a lot for us over the, the last year. The first thing that they did was uh, provide the Zoom, Zoom licenses for us to be able to continue having some classes, continue doing some Zoom uh, meetings. And um, we still use those accounts now. Only because once we opened up, we didn't only need to deal with uh, COVID, we dealt with the smoke and with the fires and the rain. And unfortunately, some of those classes needed to move over to Zoom. Honestly, parents didn't really care only because the kids were with other kids and were able to be with their friends again and and be somewhat normal in a way. It, our teachers were amazing needing to adapt to something new every day, not knowing if they were going to teach on Zoom or teach in person, not knowing if it's going to, it was going to be 
raining outside and just dance in the rain and and have fun with the kids or super cold and needed to wear an extra coat. <laughs> um, but the community foundation really, really helped us when we wanted to put up shade cells to cover a whole court, courtyard area. Um, and they were able to to fund the, the whole project for the shade cells. And now our courtyard has some shade. It's it's awesome. It's great for our kids to be able to come to space now and know that they, they're not going to be directly under the sun. Obviously, it's still hot, but that really helps. And just to think of long-term for us, the chasers were always in the plan in a way, but COVID really made it possible for us to like, okay, we, we need to get this done. Um, parents were amazed as soon as they came back. Um, they were put up within a day. <laughs> so it's, it's a surprise for parents when when they uh, arrived the, that same day for space classes and walked into our courtyard and, and noticed it was, it was shady. Didn't even look, look up to, to look at the shade, at the shade cells. Um, we had a, a volunteer who, his name is Charlie Sawyer, who um, did all the measurements and contacted the, the salesman and, and made it happen with us, thanks to the Community Foundation. Um, the shade sales went up with our in-house people and we're just happy to have those. And part, part of the funding that they provided was the shade cells and the other was just to help keep the doors open so whatever funds didn't get used for the shade cells they went into our general program to be able to continue being paying those teachers and keep keep the doors open for us but in reality um we knew we were ready to open once we saw the community coming together and part of community foundation it's really they they really do walk the talk and for me, it's amazing as a community member to see all the other organizations that that they help, and um, it's <laughs> it's unbelievable to to see this small community come together, make something happen, and everybody knows everybody's up to date on what's happening. Only because we we really are a, a really close community, um, and with with the shade cells now we can comfortably have summer camps knowing that kids will be able to to dance outside um we are planning on investing on some misters to put outside as well to help cool down the courtyard a little bit more but um those really helped and that's going to be an investment that is going to last for many many years um and it's all thanks to the community foundation you know, uh, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about how how you've adapted your uh, operation uh, at space um, to to the pandemic, and how you've been able to continue to to uh, bring kids in and 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 well, not in in the sense of inside, but you know, bring kids into your organization and continue to have classes and to offer kids a chance to connect with other kids. Uh, it just occurs to me that you know. Uh, everybody who's been on the program has talked about how you are adapt, adapting uh, during the pandemic. And, and it, it seems to me that uh, some of the things that 
in terms of a silver lining to this pandemic, some of the things and processes and things that people are learning, and and Laurel, you talked about what you've learned as, as the executive director. Um, what do you think you're going to be taking away as an organization going forward, assuming things return to normal sometime towards the end of the year? Um, what do you think you're going to be taking away in terms of uh, things that you that might stay with you as an organization that you've learned during the pandemic? Well, I, thanks, Johanna, for that question. I mean, things have changed so much, like Megan was saying. I mean, it's the communication. I think we'll take away the ability to communicate with all the teachers because we we are, if we don't have our teachers, we don't have a program. And those teachers are just incredible about connecting. And the pandemic has made that even more of a reality. There's so much um, connecting that they do with each other. Um, I'm also gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And then I'll send it to you, Ignacy. I'm gonna take away um, the the fact that humans can really do so much when if they don't get hopeless. And the the hopelessness. I think I, I just have to say we we became a little hopeless there <laughs> in around um, you know May and June. I was like, wow, this is not who we are. We are just like not hopeless. And so that's, I'm just going to take that forward as well. Um, I just, I want to say that Community Foundation also has, and I think Megan referenced this, these executive director workshops that I want to take, I want to take um, away again. Those that, even though I've been a, a director, founding director for over 25, 30 years, I have gotten so much out of those. And I think those have been produced by, um, or facilitated some by Paloma Patterson. I mean, they had, they're going to have a strategic one, planning one soon. They had a racial equity one. They're taking the lead on these subjects that can be really tough. And they have the reach to get to the whole county. I mean, space has a reach sort of locally, but um, so I really appreciate that, that the foundation has done that. And I mean, I think I've gone to most of them. Um, yeah, Ignacio, what would you say you're going to take away? I feel like um, we learned to be a little more flexible and just like stay stay in the moment. And in reality, um, that's that's always something that um, that I am going to take away. Only because things were unpredictable. And as Laurel mentioned, in June um, we didn't really have we had a whole summer camps that didn't happen only because they needed to be on Zoom. We had one camp that actually did happen um, only because it was on Zoom and the teacher talked from in, from her house in San Francisco. And that was amazing. But it, it our, yeah, it was really, really hard. And we just stayed in the moment and adapted. We needed to adapt to whatever was happening. And, and um, COVID, I, I feel like, brought the space family closer. Um, our teachers really, really bond now. Thank, thanks to COVID, we needed to find the other teachers to teach other classes since the kids were in one pod. So if we wanted to offer the classes we do offer, we needed to find different street dance teachers, different contemporary dance teachers, different acting teachers. So we were able to bring in new teachers, bring in fresh, fresh energy. And now everybody's a, a nice, tight family same thing with our kids. Our kids really want to be here. For us, um, one of the things we talked about was our we have a class for five and six-year-olds, a dance class, and our worry was that the kids were not going to be able to keep their face mask on. 
no, those kids are the most well-behaved kids because <laughs> they really want to be here. They, um, Some of those kids have not attended school yet. And parents were really worried that this was their first public setting where they would be with other kids their age. And those kids are, <laughs> they're amazing. And, and now we see that how what a different space makes within the community within the performing arts and with with our kids yeah i just i want to add to that um we're a mass campus because we know because we follow the, the the rules and the protocols if one child or teacher comes up positive we will have to close down that pod and we're not going to take the risk to unmask even though we're outside for that to happen because none most people don't want to go to zoom so we were going to be remaining a mass campus um and we wrote a you know we wrote a, a letter to public health director dr corin and made a safety plan for the summer camps because we will be teach, taking kids in their pods into the theater into the dance studio and with a with a walking you know with a ton of safety going on with it because there's smoke there might there might be smoke there might be fires there might be we don't know but we wanted to do that and um we got some feedback on our plan we've put it in place i just want to say um johanna to anybody who wants to call us and ask how how we did our adapt adaptations we're happy to talk to others and share what we've learned so just give us a call it's on our website we're happy to share do you want to share your contact information now and also put out a little bit of information about your upcoming programs for anybody who would like to send their kids to space? Ignacio, you want yes. to go for it? Yes. <laughs> so the space phone number is 707-462-9370. And our website is www.spaceperformingarts.org. You can find us on Facebook, just typing Ukiah Space and on Instagram as well. Um, right now we are in ha having some eight classes. Several, I'm happy to say several of those classes are full, but we do have spots and some um, classes happening out outdoors. We will prorate the tuition if someone wants to start late, but we're really trying to promote our summer programs. We're having three different sessions of two or three camps per session morning session, afternoon session, and evening session. Um, three and a half hours um, a day for two weeks in acting, dance, and and sketch comedy, so acting as well. Um, yeah, as we, Lowell uh, did mention right now, yeah, we are receiving funding from Ukiah Unified School District for their students to be able to take classes at Space for Free, and we are contracting as well with Accelerated Achievement a plus of um, Ukiah and Redwood Academy of Ukiah as well. And we're trying to work something out with River Oak Charter School. Um, and we have a scholarship program. So in reality, what I let parents know is there's really no reason someone cannot take a class at space. Our, our goal is to make space available for the community, for anybody, regardless of, of their funds of, yeah. <laughs> Thank How you cool, so you much. guys. I'm just, I wanted to um, piggyback on that. You know, Johanna, I know we have just a minute, but I want to do a call out regarding our next grant program. Um, but 
I'm so thrilled you guys are doing summer camp. So thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of all our kids that you guys are doing that. And I did love that question about what did you learn. I do think the flexibility is is huge. And I think that's one of the things I hope the foundation can take forward. Um, the whole field of foundations um, all really work to be more flexible, and, and I hope we can continue to do that. Um, we have one more round of these nonprofit relief grants. It's um, there due May 14. Um, this fourth round, um, you are, and I'm saying this to space, you can come back in because if you've already gotten one, you get to come back in. Um, and we really are going to look closely at our arts organizations that have been shuttered. And, and while they've talked about their classes and their camps, outside um, space is also a venue that has not been able to be rented and not been able to be used for quinceaneras and uh, bar mitzvahs and I don't know, I'm sure some weddings and other types of festive occasions. It's definitely another way space keeps its doors open. And so um, they're allowed to come back in. The final round is up to 7,500. We've extended the amount a little bit. That's due on May 14. And we're doing another round of Zoom grants because we realized it had been exactly a year and people are going to have to do Zoom next year. I don't think we're going to be like suddenly not doing Zooming, um, hopefully less frequently. But um, so those are open through I think Friday which is maybe tomorrow <laughs> um, so if you got one last year you know come on get in there it's really easy just put in to get another zoom license um, because we want to make sure everybody's solid for the upcoming year so so that's the final offering um, you know once we do that round of grant making we'll have funded into the nonprofit sector over half a million dollars um, so yeah um, in in just this year this um, yeah between during the pandemic. Um, so uh, I just wanted to want to acknowledge that and thank all of our nonprofit partners one final time. And thank you, Johanna, for having us. Megan, do you want to offer your website and your phone number one more time, please? Sure, sure. It's um, www.communityboundfound.org. And that uh, you can get to the grants. You can get to the giving a gift side through there. Um, and we are still working remotely until the governor opens us back up. Um, and so um, if anyone wants to just talk to me directly, either about giving or grant making, um, they are welcome to call 707-272-1775. Um, Again, 707-272-1775. And I'll make sure they get to the right um, person on the team. Thank you so much, Megan Barbara Allende from the Mendocino Community Foundation and all our other guests for being in the program. We're rapidly running out of time, so I have to wrap this up. Thanks for listening to Wild Earth Living. I'll be back in two weeks, uh, Thursday, two weeks from now at 9 a.m. And thanks for supporting KZYX during our flash drive. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. And I will be back in two weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>